You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. Um, <clears throat> always lovely to be here. Um, I'm just, I had the flu earlier this week, but I didn't know what, what voice would be left, and so um, <clears throat> I got through, but I, it, it blew part way. <laughs> But it's always great to have the girls sing when when you can't. Um, thank you, band. We just that was wonderful to kind of come around. Um, it's Christmas, Christmas time. <clears throat> the great Santa Claus in the sky. It's, no, I, I say that in jest, but I, I, <clears throat> it's not really where I'm headed this morning. But it, it was just um, this is. Let me throw it in aside. Um, God is not to be related to because of what he gives you. And if that's the, if that's the crux of, of your relationship, then this is, this is your life cycle. <clears throat> you're, when, when, when God's Santa Claus, you're a happy camper, and, and, and God is good, and everybody around you knows it. And, and when he's not, and there's coal in your stocking of life, coal in the stocking of life, <laughs> and then God's not good and he's, he's dark and distant and far away and, and, and so then everybody knows it see they know it when you're here and they know it when you're here because you leak <clears throat> we leak constantly and, and uh, I, I was just with someone who um, uh, who leaks <laughs> quite often and they, uh, <clears throat> this particular guy is, he is, he is up and down um, according to, quote unquote, his assessment of the faithfulness of God at the moment. <clears throat> and so what he's done is he's done a very, very dangerous thing. He's created his theology on how he thinks God sp- has spoken in promises and how he has interpreted how the word should come to him. And so he creates, he's created a theology based on that, and, this, and therefore his theology is always changing uh, uh, of, of who God is. Um, he's rich in love. He's great in mercy. Look at Psalm 45. Look at Psalm 145. Just go through into the, to the personality and the nature of God. All good things come from his hands. James knows everybody else does, and, and there's no shadow of turning. So if he's always good and there's no shadow of turning, that means yeah. the shadow never moves. He doesn't move. The immovable object stays the same, and the goodness stays the same. And so I, I love Christmas time, um, and we always want to bless our, our kids and our grandkids and, and those that we love with, and shower blessing on them. Um, I just felt like this morning that, <clears throat> that, the, that the year is coming to an end, and there's been disappointment in what God didn't do when you thought that he would do it. Um, and all I can, can conclude to that is that God's not unfaithful, so that I have to be open for because I had some things in my heart, and I know you know it's like December eighth, and so today's the day we declared war on the Axis powers. So I'm declaring war today on everything else that I God spoke about for the year, and and I'm going to hold on to it. And if December thirty first passes and it's midnight, and now it's January first, and those things didn't come to pass, it, God didn't somehow miss it. Like, oh Michael, I can't believe it. <laughs> what is it, God? Chris, I totally spaced. 
I had this list here, and I, I put the, the cookie recipe on top, and, and I just so love those angel food cookies that... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just... <laughs> It could have been he loved the devil's food, and Michael got all contorted, and so I could have, could have gone that way, but we chose not to. Um, so don't create your theology on, on what comes and what doesn't come. Don't, don't let that be the criteria, because what's going to happen is that everybody around you is going to know, uh, <laughs> they're going to feel your journey a whole lot more, and they, they, you'll, there'll be less of him shining through and, and more of angst and fear, and, and we're not to live in fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And, and yeah. so this is, Christmas is not, I'll just be honest, it's not the reminder of baby Jesus. <laughs> so, though I appreciate it. I think it's, I love traditions. And we already have, you know, we bought our tree two days before Thanksgiving, put it in the garage, put water in it, and the day after Thanksgiving we put it up. I just wanted, wanted it up early this year, and so did Laura, and we, you know, it was shortened by a week already, so we said, let's, let's have as much Christmas. So we have lights outside. I have a deer with antlers in white out in my front yard. I have the tree with white lights going around this big tree out front, and I had to use its long, and bushes are great. And, you know, so I, I, we do all that, and I love it. And the inside, you walk in, it's just like my wife just makes it a win little winter wonderland. It's beautiful. Winter wonderland in Nashville. <laughs> it's a little different than a winter wonderland here and lake effect snow country, but I appreciate you keeping the snow away while I'm here. I appreciate that. Um, it can come back Monday afternoon. It's funny about when I lived here is the fact that I remember when I was a little kid, they say, oh, it's the first day of winter. And as a little kid, I said, what? It's been snowing for two months. I said, <laughs> um, so one of, the, one of the things that the Lord challenged me on about in, in one of the areas of uh, something that I thought God had to come through for me, he said, <clears throat> he's, he's, I, I want to say it not in a way that I have some, some casual conversation with God all the time and that we're talking back and forth, but I just, you know, over time instinctually and your heart knows kind of what he's saying and you... you you know, it's that kind of conversation as opposed to, good morning, God. Well, good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And, you know, there's people I know that have these conversations. And, um, and, and yet he, he began to speak to me about, well, what, what in faith did you attach to that? How did you follow through with that? Or did you expect me just to drop it in your lap? <clears throat> And <clears throat> I think as believers, we've, we've steered away from, well, one of the good things was that, was that we, we loosened our grip on certain things and, and let God establish certain things in our life. And so to, to lose control and let God take control is, is an awesome thing. But <clears throat> to do the subtle shift of, of then releasing everything so that he, he has to do everything, uh, it's not, we think it's faith. It, it, it is at first to establish a life based on God leading, 
But God leading, when I lead my children out to clean up the, the backyard, my grandchildren now, I, I don't watch, I don't let them watch me pick everything up. I lead them out into the backyard for them to pick it up. And I tell them where it can go. And I, yeah. So, so I'm leading, but they're doing in the leading. And the next thing you know, the yard looks really nice. Now, I could have done it all, and they could sit back and go, what a great grandfather. What a great father. He just does everything. You know, I think some fathers are so good that they remove the, the, the need for a child to actually find God and seek him. And so I never wanted to be the, the kind of dad that, that removed desire and passion from a kid because I fulfilled everything for them. And he doesn't want to be that kind. I mean, there's, there's harsh dads. There's all sorts of different kinds of fathers. The, 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 you know, the, <clears throat> the, the abusive father, whether it's, it's verbal, sexual, or physical, um, that, that, they have the deepest wounds. There's authoritarian fathers that, that look for perfection. <clears throat> but then there's the good dad. And you want to be the good dad. And we as Christians, we come in, Jesus movement. Yeah, we want to be the, yeah, our dads were terrible. We want to be good. So we try to be the great dad. And so we, we go over here so much, our kids don't even see a need to seek. And I, I, I don't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And, and God doesn't want us to see him that way where we sit back and this is the year that God does everything for me. This is the year I cash in all my chips. All my prophetic words. This is the perfect storm coming. <clears throat> you know. <laughs> and <clears throat> 27 publishers rejected his first book. Now, I've had publishers reject my stuff. No, you've got too much charismatic talk in there. Another one it was, was, can you remove the whole thing about tongues? Well, that was a big day. It was for you, but it won't be for us. So, you know, to be honest with you, if it was going to go to a wider audience, it was about the love of God, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll move, so that doesn't bother. I don't feel like I have that much ownership. Um, God can do what he wants to, but, I, I've, you know, I've had, I've had companies. I, I got, I'll just give you a... And so Hosanna Integrity contacted me when I lived here, okay? Will you do a CD for us? Actually, it was, would you do a tape? <laughs> would you do a record? <laughs> I said, absolutely. I, I love you guys. It's awesome. I'd, I'd be honored to. <clears throat> and shortly after that, a couple months later, I moved to Kansas City. And they contacted me and said, you're not living in New York now. I said, no, I'm in Kansas City. And who are you with in Kansas City? I'm uh, with Mike Bickle, and, and uh, is that Metro Vineyard Fellowship? I said, yeah. He said, I'm sorry, we can't work with you. It's in Metro Vineyard, and they have their own vineyard movement and music. Oh, so I was okay before, but now, no. So I'm out mowing the yard <coughs> uh, two years later, and I had done a CD. I had done a tape. <laughs> Actually, no, a tape slash CD <coughs> called Face to Face. And... I, I get a call. My lawyer goes, it's Chris Wimber on the phone. It's John Wimber's son who headed up all of Mercy Publishing. So, hey, Chris, what's up? Man, love your music. Would you do a CD with us? I said, yes, absolutely. I'd love it. I'd be honored. It'd be great. <clears throat> I told Mike that day, 
later that day or that weekend, he looked at me like, I'm sorry. I said, what? Because we just had a board meeting. We're leaving the vineyard. Oh. Chris calls back. Hey, did you leave the vineyard? Are you, are you leaving the vineyard? Yeah. Sorry about that. We can't do this now. And it's, it's not a... It, I understand how you had... That's not a slam against anyone. Or, but I understand feeling like, you know, every time I get there, then, you know, it's the carrot before the stick. <clears throat> and we're filled with promises that we feel like God, God's playing games with. God never plays with us like that. I just want to tell you, that is not his nature. That's not his personality. That's not it. And so to hear that with some public... It was, there, was, there were two others after that. I had two contracts ripped up of a friend of mine from a very well-known music publishing company. They said, we're going to give the money to this new guy because he's got one song that everybody loves. I said, okay, but I have a signed contract. I know, I know, but we're friends, right? I said, yeah. And so he took it and ripped it in front of me. I went, well, we're not friends now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was easy. You re- no, I didn't say that. I just said, okay, Lord, I got to swallow this one because, you know, he's not my provider. He's not my promise keeper. You are. And I, I, can't, I can't lay this over onto somebody else. Um, <clears throat> 27 publisher rejected his first book. Today, I am sure you've, you've read his stuff over and over and over again. You've read it to your children. He's, he's the most creative author I can, I can think of. And his name was Theodore Gazelle. Dr. Seuss. 27 publishers rejected Dr. Seuss. Um, This first man's company went bankrupt. Then he lived out in Kansas City, and he worked for the Kansas City Star. It was our newspaper out in Kansas City. He worked for the Kansas City Star. But one day his boss came to him, and I'm sorry, but we're going to have to fire you. He said, why? The answer was because he had no imagination. Okay? Later on, that same man bought the Kansas City Star (laughs) after he had set up Disneyland. He was fired because he had no imagination. 302 banks said, no, we're not going to fund your Disney project. 301, the 302nd bank said, yeah. I think we could get some profit back from that. The bank did pretty well. <laughs> um, Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, dot, dot, dot. You don't, if you don't go with us. And, and, and I, I want to I say that there's, 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 a, there's an eternal truth to that and there's an old covenant truth to that. Okay? The eternal truth is that if I am... If I am just deciding on my own to go and to do, I'm going to deal with some more things that I wouldn't have to if I was led well and heard my shepherd's voice. Okay? <clears throat> that said, he still loves me as a son and is going, is going to go, he goes with me where I go. Okay? But the, 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 the new covenant truth is, is that I, the, the, the tabernacling is now with man. Okay? So I don't have to go to a place. I don't, I don't, uh, and, and so one of the, and, and um, 
I was kind of involved with it uh, in terms of a house of prayer. One of the uh, one of the, the the things coming into this time of year is is we hear the term we we, we sing about it, Emmanuel, God with us. I, I love that that one song that. Uh, um, <clears throat> Amy Grant sings, yeah, uh, the, where she goes, Emmanuel, God with us, and just a powerful song, and and uh, <clears throat> I, I think back to uh, Leviticus 16 and Exodus 30, and here's Aaron, <clears throat> God's dwelling back there, okay, Aaron, here's what you have to do, okay, you have to go through these things for seven days, then you go through this thing for 21 days, then you don't eat this, and then you do drink this, and then you clean yourself here, and, you, and then you put on these robes, and by the way, there's bells on the bottom in case you keel over dead, and we're going to tie a rope to your ankle, because no one goes back there. You don't go back there, because that's, that's, that's the holy place, and so we teach about this, and we, we think about, you know, how do we present ourselves before the Lord? And I just, part of me is, 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 is like, okay, that's, that's a good concept. But what this season is to remind us is, is this. <clears throat> Scripture from, from Psalms, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. But once you've sought him and you found him, <laughs> what are you seeking? Right. Are you seeking something? Well, I, I, he's right there. I know, but I need hunger for him. Well, <clears throat> He's there, <coughs> but I need to be a seeker. Yeah. Are you blind? You know, it's, it's, <coughs> I come home, and I give my wife a hug, and I give her a kiss. So good to see you. Boy, I wish, where are you, honey? I'm right here. Oh, babe, it's, it's so good to run home after you. I wish you were here. Oh, rend the heavens and come down. What? Well, my cottage cheese? I'm here. And, and so Aaron, these instructions in, in Leviticus and in, in an Exodus of, of, of God hovering over him. I love it. He hovered over the mercy seat, and, and it's, it's so romantic, and it's so beautiful in, in its content. Um, um, and he's, he, he gets in there, and there are, I'm sure that there are guys, I don't know who they are, and I could go back and do the study again, but I'm sure there are guys that fell over dead. Can you imagine? It's, it's Aaron's long gone, and now you're the high priest? No, let's just say you're vice president high priest. You're the associate high priest. And suddenly you hear the bells tinkle. And they, they go, oh, get ready to put the robes on. It's like, I don't want that job. Uh, <laughs> and we take that job. And we think that that's how the job is supposed to be, that we have some gauntlet to get through to get to God. And this season is to tell us that that's not the case at all. Yeah. It's not the case. That we, there, there's no gauntlet. There's no rending of the heavens <clears throat> for him to come. He did it. He rent the veil. Yeah. It's been done. Right. Now, I understand an eschatological viewpoint of rending the heavens and coming in the clouds with the multitude, etc., there's all sorts of different opinions about what that is. So I'll just, I'll just say this, and then some of you will check out, and you'll, you'll just say, thank you, Chris, for coming. And that was, I, I like the one song, but I'm forgetting everything you're saying after this. <clears throat> Something's wrong 
if we are so captured by the second coming that we never understand and live out of the first coming. I love the end time. I love the messages. They stir my heart. They're good. But if they stir my heart and I have no substance of understanding of who I am in Christ on the first coming, then I'm wasting a life. It's not a wasted life, but I'm wasting life that should be lived. Okay? So I give you permission now. You can leave and you won't offend me. Um, So... Carl, sit back now. (laughs) I honored you. You have to stay. (laughs) Just check it. So David comes along, and 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 God said, "There's there's a man after my own heart. He's 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 the guy right there." And I used to think, "Man after my own." The word "after" to me means run. After my own heart, because I was a, I was a runner, um, and so it just means you're, you're chasing, you're chasing, and and God's always in front, and I'm always after. And so when I when I came to the Lord, it was it was I was on now a new race, run the good race, and I put the two and I, I mixed them and, and brought them together, and I just thought that life was always chasing God. A life chasing God is a most miserable life. You know, sooner or later, the dog catches the parked car. Okay? You know, it's, it's not tough to catch a parked car. God parked himself in our hearts. And we make it this tough journey that somehow we, we have to go through the gauntlet, the outer court. I have to, you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Okay. You know, as I was taught, Psalm 100. Okay, walk into the church. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, I'm saved. Into his courts with praise, I come in here. Jesus, I love you. I can't do the worship yet because that's too holy, but I'll get in there, getting closer. I see the lamp stands and the oil burning. I'm getting, I see the veil. I'm coming, God. <laughs> and we live this life of detachment from the one that you came home to and they're there. I wish the Lord was here. I'm here. Oh, I feel so distant. I don't. (laughs) And what really matters is how I feel. (laughs) You're leaking. (laughs) Went to a wedding and and they were standing all next to each other and the, the groom looked exactly like the father. I mean, I looked at the groom, I went, oh my gosh. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, they look like brothers, except you're a little older, but wow. And then somebody in front of me went, wow, you take after your father. And I heard the word take after, and I realized that's what it means, a man after God's own heart. It's not to run after, it's to take after. And when you take after someone, you understand their attributes. And God looked at David and goes, you understand my heart. You understand that I, I, I'm with you on the hillside. You understand I'm with you with the lion and the bear. You understand I'm with you over here. You, you understand that there's a Goliath there. There isn't Goliath there. There's God there. And there's just an impediment that's going to be out of the way in a minute because I'm in the midst of what you do, David. David, you understand my heart. I'm with you always. You understand that you don't need to run through all the hoops. 
You understand that people are over in Shiloh worshiping in this, this, this <clears throat> certain way, and I really set it up to be to tabernacle in the wilderness, and you, you've created a, a, a religious system around it, and you like it, and it's comfortable. And so I've, I've let you there, but now, David, you understand what I really was after was walking back in the garden without restrictions. Yeah. So you know my heart. And so <clears throat> David takes over, and he becomes king of Judah for seven years. Only one tribe out of 12. Seven years, king of Judah. And then suddenly, triumphal entry. First Chronicles, second, first Chronicles 15, 2 Samuel 7, I think it is, 6 and 7. <clears throat> David makes his triumphal entry into, into Jerusalem. And he's now king over all 12 tribes. Starting year, year number 8. King over all 12 tribes. And, uh, and he, first thing he goes, you know what, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant. He tried it once. He did it the wrong way. Now he's carrying it, the presence of God, on the shoulders, on the, on the people, on men. And he's bringing it in and, and says, um, I, want, I want to put it inside the tabernacle, which was, to be honest with you, it wasn't much larger than this building. It was probably 50% larger uh, and it was a tent. And it held maybe a thousand people. So there was, it was crowded when it was, you know. And, and so he makes this big tent, puts it on top of this little hill across from the city of David, looking down in the Kidron Valley. He's up there. <clears throat> and everybody goes, oh, this would be great. We'll have the tabernacle, uh, the Ark of the Covenant here. And, you know, we'll have it behind. No, so we're not having it behind anything. That's not what God wants. He says, well, we're going to have it. He says, out in the open. David, do you know what happened? Did you see the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> did, did you not see that movie? It was Harrison Ford's best. It was just it's amazing. You're not, you're, you're not going to put it behind? No, no, no. Oh, well, at least you're going to have the, the animal cover on it. No, no. Unveiled. Dave. I've been with you for a long time, and I like you. I think you're a great guy. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're going to put the Ark of the Covenant, which no man sees. The Levites, when they would cover the Ark, they would take, and they would walk backwards and go like this, and they would cover it, and they'd look over to make sure it was on, and then they would go like, and now it's covered. And then, you know, they'd, they'd put the rods through, and then they would carry it. And when they would uncover it, they would take it from this end and look this way, like this, and no one looked on it. You couldn't look because of the holiness and the presence of God. <clears throat> and, and somehow that, that, that translated into our world of making it difficult to seek him and find him and see his face. And so I, I love holiness. I, I hate sin. But <clears throat> this, it, it, this time in history... He's chosen to be the God where mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, by the way, that's going to go on forever, but it just, <laughs> just throw that up. And so David says, let's just put it right in the middle of the room. He says, David, not a good idea. I, I, people won't go for it. Trust me. And so somehow a group of people singing with David, yay, bringing tambourines playing, 
And they, I can't believe they let them in, but they did. They, <laughs> no, they're, they're, <laughs> they're of God. They're of God because they, they, they cast out demons like no one's business. You just start playing tambourines and demons go, no. 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 It's, an old, it's an old bad joke for musicians. Um, sorry, I used to play tambourine. Uh, and so... <laughs> They, they, they get into the, into the tent, and, and the people are like, oh, wow, the Ark of the Covenant's in here. This is awesome. By the way, they sang Psalm um, 24. It's ascend the hill of the Lord who shall stand in his holy place. He was clean hands and a pure heart. Okay? But most scholars feel that that was the psalm they sang as they're going up the hill to go into the, the gates, open up the gates, let the king of glory come in. The gates were tent flaps. <laughs> okay? So it sounded really great. Open up the flap. No, it's just like, no, no. <laughs> Open up the gate. All right. <laughs> That's really what it was. <laughs> it was a tent flap. So they opened up the flaps and let the king of glory come in. And so he's, he's there in the middle. This is great. What a day. Best service I've been at in a while. Well, how long is this one going to? And, you know, and David goes, now, everybody, I'm going to take off the, hear the word, take off the what? You're going to what? No! You know, you, you see those commercials where, or the movie where someone's running out and trying, don't do that. And David, boom. And no one dies. And there it is. They're going, I'm not dead. Why am I not dead? Because David had a heart after God. David understood God's desire to tabernacle in the middle of the room so everybody, all the flaps, everybody can go there and see and be in the presence of God all the time. Yeah. And David was king for 40 years. The first seven, he was king of Judah. Do the math. How many years was the tabernacle, was the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the tabernacle of David? 33. Is that number used anywhere else? <laughs> Did someone try to tell us something about God tabernacling in the middle of his people? He made a point of, David is a man after my own heart. I will now, through David, set up a type of what I want to be in the middle of my people forever. And I'm going to put my son in the middle of everyone, and anyone can be around him if they want him. Anyone can and sets him there for 33 years. And then says, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit there. And, I, and Jesus says, just before he goes, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Yeah. That's what this season is to remind us of. I appreciate the baby. I appreciate the tradition, and we do all that. I sing the carols, and I go caroling. I will not carol with that woman. <laughs> that was crazy. But it was crazy good. <laughs> it was crazy good. <laughs> Your wife was hysterical. And you know what? When somebody really goes for it, you just got to applaud. You know, it's just like, yes, he's really going for it. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so I just want to encourage you. This is the season that God wants to remind you that I, I've been with you all year long. There's not a moment I haven't been with you. And if, if you'll see me like David does, 
You'll find me on the sweet times on the side of a mountain, and you'll find me when Goliath stands in front of you. And you don't, don't battle him alone. Let me do it. You just pick up a stone. Just you get involved with me, and watch how I direct that little tiny thing. Watch how I take him down, because you don't need your, your power against his. It won't work. Mine in a stone will destroy it. I just want to encourage you. The, the, a year is coming to, you know, the, the Mayan calendar, it didn't, it didn't happen. You know, it just, the world didn't end December 24, 2012. And so they came back, kind of like Jesus is coming in 1988. Remember that? 88 reasons why he's coming in 88. And he didn't come in 88. And then he said, well, there's, we, we made a mistake. He's coming in 89. So I put a new book out and made more money. And that, he didn't come in 1989. And we were convinced that the Mayan calendar says December 21st. And then they said, no, the rock says it's wrong. It's a year off. The rock says it's wrong. <laughs> we got, what, what, a, what a faithful year. I, just, I, I want your hearts to understand that God is in the middle of your house, your, your dreams, your life. He's not separated from you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yet at the same time, he wants to partner with you and team with you, um, in, you in your life for the dreams that he's placed in you so that you're not just a, a detached observer to the work of God. So that, so that, because James speaks about, he speaks about children, young men, and men. Okay? And, and, the, and, and the, the things for children, um, all three of them do. But the young, young men do more, and then the men do more. And I, I want to I, I end this life. I don't, I don't want to have a part of me reserved as a child in expectation. I want to have my heart always be as a child. Without, without that, I can't see the kingdom. So I need, I need the childlike heart to see what sometimes is invisible. Children have an imagination. And to have a childlike heart, you need to see beyond what is physical in front of you. And that's what our childlike heart is for. Because the kingdom is very real. It's just oftentimes not real to our naked eyes. And yet it's more real than what our naked eyes see. So this, I am, I am, I am grateful for all God did this year. I don't understand some things that were really, I'll just be honest with you, that were that I felt from the Lord in the Word and through prophet, I felt a couple things were going to happen this year, and they didn't. Now I am looking. People go, "Wow, you still got more time left." I, yeah, but I just I just shifted over. I said, "Yeah, it's not lack of faith where I'm going." Yeah, but it's it's, but God doesn't have to prove Himself according to my calendar. Okay, it's not the Mayans' calendar and it's not Chris's calendar. It's His calendar. And if he chooses to do something in his time because he knows that uh, and I'm going to be better off and people are going to be touched in a whatever reason he has behind it, he's God, I'm not. But I, I, I want to I encourage you to, to step out of young men, young women, and become women and men who partner and hear God together and aren't afraid uh, of the world's rejection in whatever ways it comes that aren't afraid of words that don't come true 
and so therefore it shakes your theology. Don't let your theology be created by what you think God's going to do. Create your theology by who the Word of God says He is. And then you'll you'll never be thrown. You'll never be thrown. So just do me a favor and put your hand on your heart for a second. Because, Lord, that's... that's, You know, I was going to pray something, but I, I, I would love it if, if a few of you would right where you are, just one at a time, maybe three or four, just out loud pray a, a prayer of thanks for what God has done for you this year. And maybe a couple of you pray a, a, a prayer of, of anticipation for the goodness of God and, and just let it come from your hearts. So <coughs> when you feel you want to do that, just go ahead and pray it out. So, Lord, would you say yes and amen? Yeah. And, and we just, I thank you for your, just one little word of Ephesians 2.18. It's just, through him, we have access to the Father. Yeah. So, I thank you for yeah. easy access. You're always there. You're in the middle of everything we do. And there's no longer a gauntlet to find you. You make yourself available because you're in us. Amen. 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 amen.